is Joel Simpson. I'm the Junior High Spiritual Life Director here at Lexington Christian Academy. Uh, today is our first podcast uh, where we're going to try to help parents with some tough topics that we know they're dealing with. We are calling uh, this podcast Survival Guide for the Middle as we know that it is difficult. So today I have a special guest with us. Uh, his name is Brian Ebel. And some of you mo- might know Brian. He's one of the coaches on the golf team here at LCA, but he also has uh, some other connections here at LCA. So I'll let Brian introduce himself and then we'll start talking about social media. Joel, thanks for having me on. Uh, My name's Brian Ebel, and I've been involved with the golf team here at LCA, the men's golf team now, for a bit. I suppose at this point, the best way to say it is uh, I try to assist uh, Coach Geldof in whatever way that uh, he needs. So it's great to be here with you. I'm also a pastor at St. Luke Church uh, off of Alumni Drive and uh, also an adjunct instructor at Asbury Theological Seminary. So uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, glad to have you here. So um, let's get started just asking some questions about social media. You personally, uh, how much do you use social media or what social media apps do you use that you enjoy or maybe don't enjoy? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm old school maybe. I'm a uh, Facebook and Instagram guy and I'm probably, I use it less to make personal posts at this point and more as a uh, tool for everything from marketing to gaining a pulse of what's going on out there, so to speak. Um, you, you can find out a lot on social media, that's for sure. Now, to be fair, one of my strategies going forward is I've, I've got a uh, someone at the church, we're working on a personal social media strategy for me. So I imagine I'll be using it a little bit more, but I'm not what you'd probably call a power user where you're going to know every detail of my life. Yes. Yeah, I understand that. So my personal journey with social media has changed a lot in the last few years. So um, I have kind of gotten rid of all social media since June of 2020. Wow. And so I have not had social media on my phone Mm -hmm. for almost, it'll be coming up on three years this June. And um, one of the, the deciding factors was that was just screen time that I had. Hmm. Um, I think I started to feel convicted of like, I'm wasting that much time on my phone. And so one of the questions parents, I ask your students regularly here at LCA is, Hey, what's your screen time? Now, some of them are so embarrassed to answer that question. They will like, they will run in the opposite direction. Uh, but Honestly, I've been impressed with a lot of the junior high students here at LCA, their screen time, because I'm coming from working in a world with public school students where it was 10, 11, 12 hours a day. Wow. And I'm almost like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. how do you even have your phone that much? So so for you as a parent, when you know that your, your students have social media, what are some expectations that you give them as to keep themselves, like, protected, safe, mm-hmm. but also to use it in a positive way, not a negative way? Yeah, probably, you know, so we started this uh, seventh grade for both of our kids. I've got a seventh grader now and a ninth grader. And some of the key things that we tried to put in place were one, uh, we know your passwords. Two, we have unlimited access at any time. Three, we don't get involved in negative posts, posts that are... um, taking pictures of ourselves and asking other people to rate me, affirm me, these kinds of things. You know, if you want to you give pieces of your life, this is great. 
and let's watch the overposting, you know, maybe once a week if you want to tell people, hey, here's what's going on or, hey, here's this cool thing that I got to do. Great. That, that, that's all well and good. But the stuff where you get into finding your affirmation on, on social media and being validated, those kinds of things, if you get into, you know, the cyberbullying and, you know, then you have a huge problem. And obviously that's a huge problem in our culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting working with students. And one of the things one of our, our Bible teachers was telling me is in his conversations with students here recently, starting to find out that the way they get a lot of their news is from TikTok. Now, I, I don't have TikTok. TikTok was not around when I gave up social media, but I find it interesting that that students rely so much on social media that that is where they get their, their news information. So you reminded me of something I was going to talk about a little later. You said not receiving their affirmation from social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the things, there's a verse that it reminds me of Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And the reason why it reminds me of that verse is because when I think about the word worksmanship, now in some, I'm using the English Standard Version. Mm-hmm. Some people will say masterpiece, right? That's another translation. Um, I think that social media, if used incorrectly, can make you have questions about who God has created you to be. Totally. So do you have any experience with people struggling with that identity question as a result of social media? Uh, without a doubt. Uh, from a pastoral perspective, you know, you've, you'll find that uh, there are groups of people who they try to find their personal sense of identity, um, try to find uh, affirmation, um, and they've connected, if I'm not mistaken, the way that dopamine works within our brains, that you constantly go running back and forth to social media to see how many likes or hearts that you got or, or, or whatever. And before you know it, I think the addictive piece of social media begins to take over where much like your uh, experience was in the past, you've got people who are on it for hours on end. They're staying up late into the evening just to see who's going to come in and say positive things about them. And then if negativity takes over the post, oh my goodness, you know, it it becomes a a complete uh, identity issue for them. So yeah, this is something I've counseled people for and and had a number of conversations with. And I, for young people especially, they're vulnerable. Who doesn't want to be liked? And when you're not liked or something doesn't get the traffic that you really want, that can be hard. Yeah, I mean, I remember even when I did have social media wanting to post something about our family and, you know, being excited when I got more likes or, or whatever, more attention for a post. And, and you step back and you think, like, why, why does my you know, why why does my view of self or my self-esteem, it should not rely on people clicking or liking a post, period, you know. Um, So, so connecting this with scripture. Mm -hmm. So um, if I were to just ask you, and and I had not, I have just be warned everyone, I have not given Brian these questions ahead of time. (laughs) No, but he's doing a great job. Um, So if you were to say, okay, if a student were to come up to you or a parent were to come up to you, what is the core thing about a kid's identity that they should know at all times. What would that be? Yeah, I I would start with creation. You know, Genesis 1 and 2 were created in the image of God. And to me, that's foundational. We're built for relationship. We're built for a purpose. Um, we're, we're built and created to give God glory. Uh, we have our own unique sense of identity in everything from, you know, the way that we look to our 
preferences, to what makes us excited, to the gifts and talents that we have. So, you know, starting there and recognizing you were created by God, uh, loved by God, have a purpose for God, uh, to me, that's the root of identity. Yeah, and so how do you think that can translate into a student's or even a parent's understanding of social media and how to make sure it stays at a healthy place in the life of, of an individual? Yeah, in a lot of ways, especially when students are posting the kind of posts where it's pictures or, hey, affirm this, really you're finding your sense of identity from everywhere else. And, you know, every once in a while, hey, I went to a dance, don't I look great? Okay, maybe maybe there's some value to that because you're excited about the event. Mm -hmm. But when it becomes repeated behavior, that's a red flag, especially if the post starts getting a lot of traffic, whether positive or negative your child's finding their sense of identity and self-worth and what other people think of them rather than who they are intrinsically. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think that is a huge challenge is to say, hey, you're created in the image of God. What other people say about you does not diminish that at all. Right. And it's hard. I think in junior high specifically, middle school students, they it's a time of their life where they're figuring out that filter, mm-hmm. right? Where they're figuring out how how do I say something that might need to be said but not so bluntly that I hurt someone's feelings. And so when it comes to social media and you're learning that filter, sometimes kids can post things and they don't even know they don't even know what they're saying, they don't even know what they're contributing to. And so helping them find that solid footing on being created in the image of God is a great place to start. So I want to switch gears here with social media a little bit. So one of the other aspects of social media I see that a lot of our students talk about or I hear just in passing is this idea of influencers, right? You have you have people who are paid to do social media because they have so many people following them. Mm-hmm. Um, they even get you know sponsorships. It's absolutely crazy. Who would have thought that you could get paid to <laughs> post pictures of yourself? <laughs> Where's that game? Yeah, I know. Um, and so what? Um, what I was gonna just talk to, talk to you about is so what what role should a student or a parent have when maybe they're following an influencer? Where does that kind of boundary? Where do you feel like that's okay? Maybe that's becoming an idol. Mm-hmm. Where where is that boundary at? What would you say? Yeah, wow. Where's the boundary at with the influencers? One is probably an awareness of which influencers they're following because <laughs> yes. they're not all positive. Yes, I laugh, but you're you're no, absolutely I mean, right. Good yeah. Lord, some of the the people who are are influencers on social media is uh, not influential in a positive way. That's for sure. Yes. Maybe a second thing is to expose the financial compensation as being the machine, which is really driving their influence. And so, you know, as, as it relates to the last topic you brought up, which I think I think was a really good one, you've got a group of people whose identity is essentially being formed by what everybody else thinks about them and they're being compensated for it. And that drives their life. And so maybe beginning to expose the, I want you to realize you find these people to be influential and maybe, maybe they are, maybe they're not, but don't forget what's really driving 
a lot of these posts. They have advertisers that they're advertising for. They're saying things that people are paying to have those ideas promoted within the greater culture. Um, and then really just begin to test their values would probably be the third thing. So as, as people, um, as, as students, I should say, are being influenced by these folks and start to take on their one-liners and their ideas, really begin to compare and contrast those values with our Christian values. Do these things align? Why or why not? And, and really helping students um, form a matrix for evaluating these things on their own. That's a great life tool, not just for social media, but, but for everything. Yeah, and I think the 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 hard part for a student, um, and this I think this is for parent. I think this is for anyone. Is that when a certain person is picking up a following, and, and you start to hear conversations, whether you're here at school or you're in a workplace, like you just want to know what they're talking about, yeah. and you know that can lead to this curiosity of then starting to follow this person just simply because you want to be able to carry on conversations with. You know, people at work or people at school, and and I see that here because there's some students who still don't have phones yet. It's interesting. Like some of our some of our sixth graders, especially, a high number of them that still don't have their phones yet, and they'll mm-hmm. hear other students talking about something. They're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, and I'm thinking in the back of my head, well, that's great. That may be okay. Yeah, you don't you don't need to know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually kind of good. Um, but I think that that drives it is this idea of wanting to fit in, and and that is something for a middle school student that is so important. When yeah. maybe it shouldn't be. But it is because of the age that they're in and the influence that relationships have on their life. And so, you know, being able to teach them that filter uh, of looking at those things is is huge. So now with social media, I don't want it to be all negative. I think that's one of the one of the parts about working, um, you know, at a Christian school and and Brian, you working at a church is Mm -hmm. there's a tendency a lot of times for the church to be known as an organization that is always like against something. Yeah. And I don't think that that is Christ's desire at all. You know, when you read the Gospels, you see someone who was loving to the outcast. He was kind to people who were different than him. So much so that it actually offended religious leaders at that time. And so I think that we have to be careful when approaching it. We, we can talk about the bad. We can talk about the dangers. But let's also make a point to say, what positives can come out of social media? What are some things that families or students can do that is positive. So do you have any suggestions of things that they can do together that is a good thing, that is that is beneficial, um, you know, uh, that, that a family can do? Yeah, totally agree and appreciate the balance and what you're sharing here. It's not all negative. You know, I, I think the recognition is, like anything else, whether you want to talk about, about money or whatever, it, it's a tool. And so how are you going to use it? And maybe the most positive thing that families can do is be the kind of posters out into uh, the, the metaverse or whatever we're calling this thing now, um, being the kind of posters who promote um, things that are life-giving rather than being hypercritical the way that some of social media is. So, you know, being a Christ-like influence, um, encouraging and lifting up other people, uh, affirming other people appropriately, uh, those kinds of things. I think you can use social media in a positive way. Um, it, it doesn't have to all be negative. I, I totally agree. Yeah, and I think that was one of the one of the benefits that came out of COVID that I saw. Um, I was still working at the church at the time. Was the amount of people who um, used social media to finally like tell people like this is where I go to church. They might have been going to church there for you know years. 
but now they actually had to use social media c- to connect with their church, whether it was Facebook Live or, or, or YouTube Live or whatever it was for that church, you know. And so um, that was one of the positives that I saw was people getting connected through that. Um, it forced a lot of churches to go online and to, to you know, to force them to use media in a way that was different. Yeah. Um, and so, so now, now we're going to go to the practical advice. So I don't want to, we don't want to have the podcast to be too long for, for people to listen to. Um, so practical advice, what are some things that you would suggest parents like, Hey, these are some things you should check out, or these are some things that you can do to help your student with social media, maybe things you've done in your home or things you've seen. And then, and then I'll share a few that I've, I've seen from my seat. Now, parents be warned. My kids are little. They're eight, six, and two. <laughs> they don't have a cell phone. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it right now. <laughs> so, uh, so Brian, I'll let you start and then I'll kind of come at it from a, a working with students perspective rather than a, a parent perspective. Yeah. First, start with a clear understanding of the expectations with your children who have social media accounts. What's okay? What's not okay? What are the boundaries? To me, um, the way that you navigate healthy things is you decide beforehand what health looks like. You clearly define it, mm-hmm. and there's clarity as to what that means. Instead of backpedaling. Exactly. Yep. So you've got to define the boundaries as an adult. Hey, you can be on social media X number of minutes a day. Um, we're going to only post positive things. We're not going to get into finding our sense of identity or affirmation from everybody else around you. If it heads in that direction or you, I start finding that you're posting negative things about other people, it gets shut down. Um, two is I think you got to monitor it. Uh, if you're not monitoring your child's activity, you're missing out. Um, you should know what they're posting, who they're posting to, uh, all these kinds of things. Uh, that that's probably those two pieces, you know, being able to to uh, navigate ahead of time and then really monitoring throughout uh, are critical. And maybe the third one to add is um, do regular check-ins. Hey, why'd you post this? Why was this important to you? I, I saw that you you said this or you did this. Help me understand where where you're coming from. And it really fosters not only a sense of understanding what, what's motivating your child, but it also forces them to do the self-reflective work of, uh, hey, here, you know, why, why do I care about these things? Are these things God-honoring? Are, are they um, building up of the body? Th- those kinds of things. Um, I, I would say maybe those three would be a, a good place to start. Yeah, that's awesome. I agree with you completely. And I think one of the things that that is cool about a parent intentionally having a conversation about those things is you start to make your student aware of those things before they jump into it. Meaning when they see their friends posting those types of things, they can come to you and say, is this kind of what you mean? You know, is this when you talk about affirmation and identity, is this is this kind of what you're talking about? And, And it gives you an opportunity as parents to say, well, yes or no, and explain and just have that conversation. Um, and so I think that's huge. So, so one of my biggest things with this is just monitoring phone use in general, yeah. um, not just social media. Um, and I think that that makes the conversation a lot different, but just some tools maybe for you parents that would love to provide you with is um, if, if you don't have like a, a software that is kind of holding your student accountable. There's a lot of really good options out there. Um, one of those is called Covenant Eyes. You do mm-hmm. have to pay a, a prescription 
um, for that, or sorry, subscription. I always get those words confused. <laughs> you know, my wife has worked in healthcare for f- forever and I can't get those words straight. She always makes fun of me for it. I love it. <laughs> subscription for it. Um, but then also there's, uh, there's another one, I believe it's called, um, I think it's called bear. Um, and so those two will regularly check what they're, what they're doing on the phone and they'll send it to you. I know Covenant Eyes, um, I'm more familiar with that one. They will actually take screenshots of your screens Mm. and send them through their software to check to see if the content they're consuming is healthy. Um, It's pretty cool uh, what they do, but you do have to pay a little bit, but I think it's totally worth it uh, for for that knowledge of keeping a student safe. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing I would suggest is um, having a place outside of the bedroom for students to charge their phones. Um, you, you touched on it earlier. Totally agree. That they can be up on their phones till <laughs> forever yeah. in the middle of the night. And one of the leading signs of, de- or one of the leading causes of depression and anxiety for students is a lack of sleep. Uh, it's the first question I ask them if I meet with a student about that. How much sleep are you getting? What time mm. are you going to bed? Well, I'm going to bed at 2 a.m. Oh, okay. What time are you waking up? Six? Oh, yeah. That's great. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Four hours of sleep, you know. Uh, but studies show that, like, you need six to eight hours of sleep when you're a junior high student. That's the same for high school. Um, those are huge for a student to reset and get healthy. Yeah. And so when you're tired, um, it's going to lead to all kinds of different things beyond even just anxiety and depression. And so making sure that they're not accessing their phone when you're not around um, is huge. So having them charge their phone in the kitchen, in your bedroom, um, somewhere outside of where they don't can just walk across the room and grab it. Um, and then that means they're going to have to learn how to use an alarm clock, potentially, unless you're still going and waking them up. But that's like a $10 investment at Target, not that big of a deal. So I would encourage your parents to check that out. Um, and so uh, last but not least, we always want to point this point this to Jesus. So um, Brian, what what... What do you think Jesus would say about social media? What do you think he would say? (laughs) I I think there would be a Sermon on the Mount part two about social media. You know, I I think he would say, um, I think he'd point back to the the great commandment to love God and to love your neighbor. And if you approach a lot of life, not just social media, with that frame of reference, probably goes okay. Okay. More often than not, when things go negative on social media is somebody is on it too much, finds their identity there, they're an over-poster or over-sharer, or you know, they just immediately repost or regurgitate their entire life without ever giving any point of reflection to why am I sharing this and is this a good thing? So, you know, does it honor God? Is it honoring to uh, to myself and to my neighbor? And I, I, maybe that's what Jesus would say. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're you're right on track. And then I think the other thing that Jesus would encourage us is to be more forgiving. Mm, good point. You know, I think that um, the the cancel culture we live in is real. Unfortunately, yeah. there's some people who've posted things from years ago when they were in high school or younger and didn't weren't really mature enough to understand what was going on. And those things are still being held against them. You know, Christ calls us to forgive, even forgive our enemies. And so I think that's the other thing is to, to be careful about how we judge others. You know, um, it says very clearly in scripture that the way that we judge others is how God is going to judge us, which is honestly terrifying. Um, yeah. but it, it's, it's scripture. And so I think we, we just gotta be different, you know, different than our culture. Don't, let's not be so quick to, to be 
angry about something that somebody posts or let's not be too quick to get into arguments with people on the WKYT news post about something we disagree with. You right. Know? You ever want some entertainment, you just oh, go there right? <laughs> grab some popcorn. Um, and so I think, I think that's all good. Um, but I think the other thing too is we're all in this together. And so parents, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, Hey, this has been a challenge for us. If you need to talk to somebody, um, that's what we're here for at LCA. You know, we'd like to connect you with the church. We'd like to connect you. I'd love to talk to you. Um, you know, we have we have families like the Ebels who who are in church, in ministry. Um, they have kids. They can help out. So uh, we would love to talk to you if you're like, hey, I need help. Just come to us. Let us know. And we're all in this together. And that's how we get better at all of this. So uh, thank you so much for listening to our first episode. Thank you, Brian, for coming in and giving up your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely going to have you on again. I just like talking to you in general. <laughs> it's a good conversation. <laughs> yes, it's it's a good one and it's a healthy one. And so uh, thank you so much. Um, but yeah, thank you, parents, for listening. Uh, we hope to catch you next time on Survival Guide for the Middle. Thank you. <laughs>